0: Vox quick hits.
1: 2020 2020 Julia Belouze, you report on health at Vox. And just about one year ago, I believe the 23rd of January, 2020, we had you on the show and called the episode coronavirus. There was a new virus. And we spoke to you about it for the very first time. Can you believe it's only been 12 months, Blues?
0: Oh, my God. The longest 12 months of all of our lives.
1: Truly, truly. And I was thinking, you know, since it's been a a very long year, maybe it'd be a good time to take a stroll down pandemic lane with you and talk about how we did a year ago. Maybe what we've learned since, what we got wrong. Are, Are you game?
0: I'm game. Let's take a virtual stroll. And it won't require masks.
1: It's true. At the time, January 2020, this virus, it was scary, but it also felt very far away. So let's listen to a bit of what it sounded like in January of 2020. How many people has it killed so far?
0: As of this morning, there are more than 600 cases and 17 people have died.
1: And and how should we think about those numbers? How deadly is a virus if for every 600 infected, 17 die?
0: So it's way too early to figure out the case fatality, which is the number of deaths a virus causes among the number of people affected. Because it's possible that there are thousands more people with this virus who don't have symptoms, who've never gone to the doctor, and therefore they're not counted as cases So right now we have this 600 as the denominator, but it's likely to change drastically in the coming days.
1: Now, over a year later, over 2 million people have died, and over 400,000 of those deaths came from the United States. Did you have any idea back then in January that it would look like this?
0: No way, I did not. And I think the funny part is, like, I, I wrote, multiple pieces about how we were overdue for the next pandemic. I even published a story after um, Trump came into power about why he was sort of setting up the U.S. to botch a pandemic response. But I think at every turn over the last year, we underestimated the coronavirus, and obviously that was true even then.
1: Let's talk about when we started to realize that this was something that was going to spread And that it was indeed spreading. Uh, We talked about the cruise ships at length on our show, the Diamond Princess and the Westerdam. One docked in Japan, the other in Cambodia. This was a few weeks after our initial coronavirus with you that we talked about the cruise ships. Let's let's hear some of that.
0: Up until this point in the outbreak, a lot of the effort has been on containing the virus, stopping it from spreading on the cruise ships, quarantining people, keeping them from disembarking in other countries and spreading the virus there. And now with what happened on the Westerdam and this American already testing positive, it feels like we're at a turning point. With every passing day, we've been seeing more and more people test positive for the virus outside of China. So the vast majority of the cases are still in China, but there's this mounting toll in countries around the world.
1: China has reported 70,635 cases of COVID-19 to WHO, including 1,772 deaths. Outside China, WHO has received reports of 694 cases from 25 countries and 3 deaths.
0: And now with all these passengers just being let off these ships to travel back around the world, potentially carrying the virus with them, we're we're likely to see that toll outside of China mount even further. It's this highly contagious respiratory virus, and it seems like it's doing a very good job of spreading among people. And we might be at a point where containing it is impossible.
1: That was February 18th, 2020. I remember speaking to you from underneath a blanket in California, where I was on a a work trip. And I remember you saying that and thinking, okay, so this is just going to spread all around the country. I didn't realize a month later I'd be living in lockdown with the rest of the country, but it was the moment where I kind of realized this is maybe going to change the world. Was that where your head was at too?
0: Yeah, I, I thought that the cruise ship seemed like this natural experiment where you could see just how contagious the virus was. But like at that point, we still didn't have a clear answer on the severity of the virus. So what was definitely knocking around in my head was um, the swine flu pandemic, for example, of 2009, where it spread really quickly around the world. There were c- these concerns about its deadliness— The media definitely stroked fear and panic, schools closed, flights were canceled. And then it turned out that it wasn't very deadly. And that caused this sort of mistrust in media and in politicians about um, like hyping this threat and unnecessarily scaring people. And I think at that time we taped the episode, I was still hearing from some of the world's best infectious disease experts, like even our very own Dr. Fauci, That this virus could be controlled and that maybe it would just burn itself out or it wouldn't be that big of a threat.
1: Just a week later, we spoke to you again in an episode titled Pandemic Question Mark. And this was when the virus was really starting to spread around the world. And I think I asked you how scared I should be. How scared should we be, Blues?
0: Honestly, what, what scares me most right now is people's reaction to the virus and the fear and xenophobia and lockdowns and damage to the economy that this might cause than the virus itself. Even as this spreads around the world, there's still a good chance it'll look more and more like the H1N1 swine flu pandemic, which was actually less deadly than seasonal flu and less and less like SARS.
1: Were we wrong about that one, Blues?
0: Yes, I think I was wrong. Um, I thought at the time that travel restrictions would do more harm than good. What we saw in previous outbreaks was that travel restrictions really punish countries. They stopped the flow of people and goods into countries where, where help was needed, like we saw in um, the West Africa Ebola outbreak in 2014-16, for example. But now what we've seen is some of the biggest coronavirus success stories in the world, New Zealand, Australia, um, Vietnam, they've actually had some of the strictest travel restrictions. So the thinking here has definitely changed and evolved, but yeah, we were wrong. And and that's just one of, I think, many failures. One is this failure to understand exponential growth. It's so contagious that even if all these cases that we were talking about that had popped up outside of China didn't look like very big outbreaks... They soon would be because of how exponential growth works. And then also there was this failure to actually gauge the situation because when when a virus is that contagious and it can spread that broadly, you don't even need that many severe cases to overwhelm a health system. So even if it kills less than 1% of the people who get it, it's going to spread so far. You can very quickly end up in a disaster like the kinds we've seen unfolding across the U.S. and in many other countries. And then I think there there was arrogance, like this failure to learn from other countries. Um, so I kept hearing, you know, the CDC in the US, we basically wrote the playbook for how to respond to epidemics and maybe this virus is is out of control in Iran and maybe it's out of control in China and then maybe it's out of control in Italy, but it, it won't be the same in the U.S. And obviously um, that wasn't true. And actually one of the things the pandemic revealed was like, you know, some of the lower resource countries ha- have done much, much better than than high-income countries like the U.S. because of public health and political decision-making. The one last thing I will say uh, another failure, the positivity bias. So, kind of hoping that the best case scenario will, will play out rather than the worst case. And I think I, I was guilty of that. I know when we were talking, I was like very heavily pregnant and I, yeah, about to give birth to my first child. And I was definitely hoping that I wouldn't be giving birth to him in this like d- deadly pandemic and that that wouldn't be the world he was entering. And I think a lot of people had this type of thinking, like hoping for the best and not the worst.
1: That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.